welcome to the ninth instalment of Pain in the Class. I'm Rose. And I'm Luke. And this week we talk to our good friend Jessica Jess Murphy. J-Dog. J-Dog. <laughs> yeah, we spoke to her about lots of different forms of teaching that she's done in Prague and in Madrid. Yeah, we had a good chat with her and it's super interesting and funny. Right, so without further ado, here she is. Hi Jess. Hey. Nice to have you here in our recording studio. Thanks for having me. Flat. It's just our room. Our studio flat, get it? It's pretty. Hi. Hi. How's it going? It's good. Thanks for letting me in your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's our pleasure. It's absolutely our pleasure. So we're glad to have you here. Um, So you don't live here anymore. No, sadly. we're happy to have you as a visitor and doing your... At the time of recording, doing a half marathon tomorrow. Yeah, I'm gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'm gonna look cool, but I'll be dead. Yeah. I bought all these things, so I'm gonna look really good. All right, so can you introduce yourself for the, um, for the people, my the good people? Jess, which is short for Jessica. <gasps> wow. I did I not know. No that. one really knew. <laughs> Everyone thought it was. You heard it Jezebel. here first. You heard it here first. <laughs> Um, I'm from California in the United States, which is a country <laughs> west of here. <laughs> Wait, California is a country? Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm learning all kinds of things well, today. Yeah, and I'm really pro Cal Exit, which is similar to Brexit. <laughs> and my life goal is to be the first president of California. So. You might have to run up against Schwarzenegger. No. Um, well, he and I actually are quite close. <laughs> Um, we met back in the day, and we've just really kept in touch. Um, I have a framed photo with him in my bedroom and in my I'm mother's sure house. Also has a framed yeah, photo. it says friends. Um, fun fact: uh, Google says that Arnold Schwarzenegger is six four. He's about five eight. Yeah, you heard wow. it here first. Schwarzenegger, actually, Schwarzenegger. Oh, good one. This is this is a, sh- a smear campaign. For when yeah. you're running for president. <laughs> yeah, California. Schwarzenegger, more like Schwarzenegger, vote Murphy. <laughs> 2050. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's move on with the introduction. So, you're uh, from California. From California. I lived there for a lot of the years of my life. Um, I now live in Edinburgh, where I'm getting my master's in something. Um, I've been abroad for a bit now because... I don't know if you guys know this, but Trump's president, so <laughs> I didn't want to live there anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, because mostly because I miss Obama, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but you moved away before Trump became president, right? True, because I graduated and I was working at an engineering firm, and I went no, and then moved. <laughs> <laughs> what, were you, so, what were you doing for the engineering firm? So I worked in the contracts department. And basically, I just read contracts all day and decided if they should go on being contracts <laughs> with no background in engineering or graphic. law. It was fine. So, okay, so what led you away from this lovely engineering firm? <laughs> so I was trying to get a job doing something in global health, which is what I did my undergrad in. Um, and I was really bored and not getting a job, so I just, on a whim, decided that I wanted to move to Prague and teach, and I applied to this TEFL program, and got in, and two months later I was in Prague, so. 
Did you wait? So we did you do your TEFL course in, in Prague? Prague? Yeah. So it was a month long course. It was very expensive. Found out all you guys did it online. It was a little bit upset <laughs> for much cheaper. But it was great. It was a month long course. It was like nine hours a day plus like four hours of work at night. So it was like you know very intensive for a month. But I met a lot of really cool people. The instructors were great. We started teaching day two. So once I actually started teaching, I was really comfortable already with it. Is that nice. the same one that Katie did? Katie, who we interviewed in a previous podcast. Potentially. Sounds quite similar. Like she didn't do it. We'll have, it was yeah. called TEFL Worldwide. So there, are, there, are, there, are, there are thousands of, of them. Sounds similar. But this though. one does sound similar and plug, it sounds plug. good. TEFL Worldwide. Prague. TEFLWorldwideProg.com. We'll tweet you guys. Yeah. You get a shout out. You get <laughs> and a mention. You can share the podcast. Oh. Unlike all No, I don't want them to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll take it back. JK, no, you no. can. No, it's fine. <laughs> hey guys. Okay, so hey, tell us more. So tell us more about Prague. Well, it's a beautiful city. Um, there's lots of old things, <laughs> like churches, but also there's a lot of synagogues, which is really cool, oh, cool. as a Jewish woman. So yeah, I was teach. I started teaching there at a preschool with very young kids, and then I got a job teaching mostly in companies, so <laughs> I would travel to different office buildings and basically teach adults on their lunch breaks, which was really fun because it was their lunch break and they didn't want to talk about, all they wanted to do was talk about their life and not actually do any work. Yeah. So it was really fun. I had a great time teaching there. I'd actually, it was probably the best teaching job I've had. But did you get that job or did you get those jobs through TEFL Worldwide Prague? So they were really helpful in giving us like job adverts that had been advertised within the last few weeks of our, like around our graduation. So yeah, I got like, they, a lot of companies like partnered with them. So I got uh, I was actually working two jobs teaching in companies, so I was working part-time at two um, academies, basically, and got those interviews through Tuffle Worldwide Prague, and the preschool that I worked at first was just kind of on my own. I just saw an advert for it and applied and got it, and it was terrible. What? <laughs> I only worked there for five days. Wow. <laughs> that might be yeah. a record. No, yeah. no, it's definitely not a record. Uh, uh, really? Your, your Madrid, yeah. I mean, oh. Your Madrid oh, I didn't even technically work. <laughs> That's true. Okay, oh, let's start, start at the beginning. Okay. Start in Prague. Okay, I uh, graduated from Tafel Worldwide Prague day, like, two after graduation, started working at this preschool. The It was an international school in Prague, so it was all in English. And I was working in the preschool part of it, so it was basically four or three through six-year-olds, except for this one kid who was like seven. <laughs> we'll get to him later. <laughs> that was Wu Jin. Wu Jin. Oh, Wu Jin. Um, so yeah, the basically the preschool and like head of the preschool was like, imagine. Do you guys know Magic School Bus? Yeah. Okay. Miss Frizzle and Willem Dafoe had a baby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the preschool instructor. I was trying to pin that down today. I was like, who was she? And that's pretty spot on. So so she looked like Miss Frizzle and Willem Dafoe, if that makes sense. Willem she had like long Miss Frizzle hair. As the Green Goblin Willem or Willem Dafoe as Willem Dafoe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not as Willem Dafriend. But it's real to both. Oh, good one. Thank you. I saw that on a meme. Don't worry. That's not that's not OG Jess. I'm glad you admitted to that. Yeah. Well, someone would have been like, hey, she's not original. And I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> Story of my life. The rest of it is me, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so first day, they kind of just... Oh, okay. I'll tell you why I took the job. And 
you as my friends will totally understand. <laughs> so I had like my interview and they were like, come back tomorrow and just like hang out at the preschool all day and see if you like it. So I missed a day of TEFL Worldwide Prague for this and I went in and apparently it was one of the kids' birthdays and they went crazy for these kids for their birthdays because it was like a lot of international families. So a lot of them came from some wealth. So I showed up and they were like, so it's so-and-so's birthday and we're bringing in some dogs. <gasps> yeah. So I was just kind of hanging out, like watching people teach. They're like, do you want to teach today? And I was like, no, I, you know, I kind of want to watch. Um, so I was watching everyone teach and it looked like fun. The kids were really excited. And then around, I'd been there since eight, around 11, the dogs came. And there was these four beautiful border collies. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cry just thinking about it. <laughs> and basically for an hour and a half, the dogs just did tricks and like hung out with the kids. And the kids were going crazy. So before the dogs came, the teachers were all like, okay kids, you can't scream. The dogs are very sensitive and you can't just start yelling and freaking out. So in my head, I'm like, they're totally going to freak out. <laughs> but I'm probably going to be the one freaking out the most. So the dogs come in, the kids lose it and just start screaming. And the dogs are really calm and really well behaved. But the kids go and try and like touch them. And the dogs are like, you know, reacting like dogs and like wagging their tails and getting all excited. The kid would go up, touch the dog and run away screaming. <laughs> um, and I was like, what's wrong with you? So I'm petting the doggies. The doggies do tricks for an hour and a half. And I'm like, I'm going to work here forever. <laughs> so that was like my first day. Second day, my first real day of working, um, they hadn't given me anything to prepare or like told me what they were doing. So they just kind of threw me right in and they were like, we're doing houses. It's like, okay. Like, what do they know about houses? They're like, not much. And I was like, so what should I teach? It's like something about houses. It's like, huh. <laughs> okay. So basically I just had them color some houses for a while and I taught them some vocab, like window and door, you know, house things. Um, and it was just terrible and the kids were, you know, I've never worked with kids that young before and they just weren't that well behaved and they were running around and I don't like yelling at kids, but I had to yell at kids and I was like, I don't like this. They were coming home from my first day of work and like literally crawling through the door because I was exhausted. My roommate's looking at me like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, kids are so hard. Um, and then the next few days were very similar <laughs> with the kids just not behaving very well and... Uh, there wasn't a lot of support like with teaching and I just I didn't know what I was doing yet no one was really helping me learn what to do mm -hmm. so it was tough so I, around day five uh, I was going to teach something about igloos and I was working with uh, Miss Frizzle Defoe <laughs> um, and I was just like I can't do this and I've been thinking about quitting since the first day and I was like I'm really sorry but I am not going to be coming back on Monday <laughs> she was just kind of like wait what she's like so you don't want to teach this lesson I was like nope I'm really sorry but I don't want to come back on Monday. And never went back. Wow. Yeah. Like, so I, there are, some people are just not cut out for teaching that young. It was really that, tough. And I, it was classes of like 30. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. exactly. That's it's just, really It's absurd, difficult. especially if, as your first job. Mm -hmm. You have and to be maybe, quite well trained, I think. To, you have to, be well, you have to you establish have to that discipline at the beginning. Going definitely. I think it's definitely a special learn. type of person yeah. Yeah, to yeah. do that. And I am not that special. So. And you, you also you need to be equipped with a lot of tricks and know how. Yeah. You know how do you how do you stop a classroom of thirty four year olds from screaming? Like it's not right. you can't you just, just work down. that out by yourself. You can't yeah. like no, you have no, to no. have some tips and some help and guidance yeah. to work it out. Yeah. One of the so. teachers would like bang on the wall and just start yelling, and I didn't want to be that teacher. So I was like, I don't know how else to control these kids. And I was trying to be really nice and. Like, let's learn about houses. Let's sing this song. And they just did not want to sing anything <laughs> with me. 
Oh. Just fair. <laughs> they, they, they can tell, can't they? They just they know. Oh yeah. They have that, that sixth sense. Yeah, that some of the kids were work. awesome and really well behaved. And I think if it was smaller classes, like even ten or fifteen, I think I could have handled it. But thirty was really tough. Yeah. Some of them didn't even have chairs, and like it was a nice preschool, but it was just not equipped for that many babies running around. Yeah. 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 I had a class of three, four-year-olds, mm, three little boys, like yeah. two twins oh, and another one. Was that at the Green Monkey? That was at the Green Monkey, and that. it was a nightmare. <laughs> I, I, I was exactly the same as you. I was very close to quitting within the first, and I just said, look, if I'm going to stay here as a teacher, I can't have these monsters. Yeah. They're not, but they're not, they're not monsters. They were just... They're just kids. They're kids, and like, yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't do yeah. it. But then they went to another yeah. teacher, and she... Sneha, she's she was fantastic, and she sorted them right out, and then she yeah. said that they were her favorite class. And really, oh. yeah, I mean, they, wow. they were still acting up and they were still misbehaving, but she knew how to deal with yeah. it. Yeah, but also maybe there's an argument for with that young, for letting chaos reign a little bit. Like I yeah. don't know oh, whether totally. I don't know whether because I think like the school that I work at in the nursery, they all have, I know it sounds like it was the same in, in your, the preschool in Prague. Mm. They all have like tiny little tables and chairs and mm-hmm. they sit and it's like set up like a classroom mm. for older kids as well. Mm-hmm. And like the teachers in my school are amazing, mm. amazing at teaching them and like handle it so well. But I feel like, like when I was at nursery, when I was like four-ish, it was just like, just playing. And we just had a carpet exactly. and like different play yeah. areas, like wet play, a little sandpit and painting and a that. sandpit indoors? Yeah, we had an indoor Whoa. sandpit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You went Posh. to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it wasn't, but it was just like, you know, the, I don't think they taught us anything. I think it was just like, it's It's, oh, one, of those, it's one of those subconscious teaching right. things where yeah. you don't actually, yeah, you're not going, and that's, that was the mistake that I made, yeah. thinking that I could actually impart some wisdom onto a little four-year-old kid who doesn't want to... Oh, yeah. To they don't yeah. want to know what a window is. No. Yeah. I don't even want to know what a exactly. window is. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, this is a window. I'd be like, I don't care. <laughs> Let me probably, run around. They probably don't even know how to say window in their own language, let alone exactly. in, in another exactly. language. Yeah. It's, just, it, it's, a, it's a great idea to expose children to another language at that age, but you need to tell, or you need to be told as a teacher... Mm-hmm. how to deal with it and what the expectations mm-hmm. are as opposed to just being thrown in and say teach yeah. exactly and then yeah. yeah something with houses okay <laughs> <laughs> igloo <laughs> so what happened after you quit I that week because I was pretty sure I was going to quit I was going to give it like five days and then quit I had already started applying at these two schools uh, one was called Spivacek and the other was Caledonian and they were mostly in company um, schools so they would have like a teacher, I said earlier, have a teacher go out and go to these office buildings and Mm. teach. So I got that job, both those jobs like a week later and I was working part-time at both. So it was very different to kind of the Green Monkey, my first job in Madrid, whereas I was just traveling all day. So I would teach an hour and a half or two hours somewhere and then travel across Prague somewhere else, which I actually really liked because I I really like being busy. So I was just running around all day and then I got home and could relax, but yeah. it was really fun. And I got to see a lot of the city and it was nice. Yeah. How long were you there for? In Prague? Um, I was there for six months, about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> six months, uh, just in total? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I got there the Tuffle World. January. Yeah, including Tuffle Worldwide. So I was only working for about five months because Tuffle was a month long program. So. And do you recommend Prague as somewhere to go and live? Definitely. Um, it's a smaller city than, say, Madrid, but there's so much to do. 
I'd say there's more to do in Madrid, but there's at least like four things to do every weekend in Prague. So, which is kind of nice because having too much choice is kind of hard and you always know what's happening and there's so many festivals that come through Prague. Like there's a fringe festival in Prague. Oh, cool. Which I, yeah, I had no idea. And then I went to it and I was like, what? So that was really great. It's beautiful. And obviously it gets quite cold in the winter, but Prague in the snow is like nothing you can imagine. Just going up to the castle and seeing it covered in snow is mm-hmm. amazing. Um, there's so many beautiful like viewpoints that you can just look at the city. There's not a lot of pollution. Um, people are very like environmentally conscious there, so most people take the metro or try just do their best to not drive unless they have to go kind of far outside. It is smaller, so there's only three lines for the metro, but you can get anywhere on it. And there's trams, and the trams are really cool. Um, yeah, I would definitely recommend living there. There's so much green and open space. Mm. Yeah, I was gonna say. Oh, and the beer's really cheap. If you wanted <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, no, but Katie did do it in Prague, you know, because I remember she did said she, she did Czech she beer did. is really cheap. Oh my goodness, maybe we did the same program. Yeah. I'll have to check. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we had a lot of Prague puns. Like anytime we ha- we would say Prague-ably a lot <laughs> or check it out. I thought I was really funny, <laughs> and then everyone got real sick of it real quick. <laughs> then you moved to Madrid, and, and then it was I moved a to Madrid. Yeah. To I was like, where is that? like, oh no, you Madrident. But how often can I say that? So why did you leave Prague? It sounds, <laughs> it sounds like it was a glorious place. It was. Um, a few reasons. Uh, so, kind of the plan was always to move to Madrid. I grew up, well, in high school I took Spanish classes, and I had this weird fascination with Spain and Chile, and so I've always wanted to live in Spain and Chile. So, the plan was kind of to go to Prague, get some experience, because it's easier to get a job in Prague with very little or no experience, uh, compared to Madrid or other kind of Western European countries. So, the plan was go to Prague, get experience, um, kind of get used to Europe, and then moved to Madrid. Madrid was kind of always the plan. And then I did think about staying in Prague. I went home to try and get a visa for Madrid, but the green monkey had told me I didn't need one since I had a Czech visa. So I was home for about six weeks working for Lyft, which is similar to Uber. Um, As in you were a driver? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you what, was your ra- what was your rating? Uh, 4.9. <laughs> of course. That's incredible. It was really fun. I can't even picture you driving. Um, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was really fun. Um, there were times where it was really stressful because my my car had a knack for breaking down. So one time I was getting gas and I was my Lyft app was on and I was going to go meet someone that wanted me to drive them around the city and my car wouldn't start. And so I was just sitting in a gas station, not knowing what to do, and just kind of sitting there, and I called my mom, and I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> so finally it started, but yeah, that happened a lot. <laughs> but yeah, so was working for Lyft, just trying to wait and get my visa, and then I remember going to, what's it called? Um, the embassy, the Spanish embassy, and I was like, hi, I have this Czech visa. That means I can work in the Czech Republic. Can I work in Spain? And they were like, yeah. And I went to the Czech visa, the same thing. Went to the, or Czech embassy, went to talk to someone at like an American office <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, you could probably work with that and probably work with that. <laughs> <laughs> so I figured it'd be fine. And then it wasn't. So, so what's that story? Then? <laughs> so I got a job at the Green Monkey when I was still in Prague. I interviewed on Skype. I interviewed on Skype and was very excited, got the job, so moved home for six weeks, really excited to move to Madrid, got to Madrid, and I think I was 
in Madrid here for two days before we started training. And I hadn't gotten any sort of confirmation email, like, this is where you're supposed to meet for training. So I remember the first email I got saying I got the job, they had a link to a website. And I was like, this is where all your information will be. And so I looked at it and it said, it gave an address of where to meet for training. So I went there on the first day and I tried to email a few people and no one got back to me. So I went there the first day, of course it was the wrong place. So I ended up calling the green monkey. Like, I don't know where to go. And they're like, oh my gosh, come here. We're so sorry. No, someone forgot to call you and email you. So I get there, um, which turns out that was for a reason, but kind of. So I get to training, did the week of training, ended up working in Tres Cantos for about a month. I really enjoyed it, actually. I really liked all my students. Um, I was working with mostly teenagers. I really liked working with teenagers plus. <laughs> I don't know. I just When teenagers think you're cool, it's so easy. <laughs> I'm not cool. But for some reason, teenagers kind of think I'm cool, which is kind of the only age group that thinks I'm cool. Um, because I like really nerdy things that teenagers are sometimes too afraid to admit that they also like. And I'm like, no, it's okay to like Star Wars and chess. Star Wars <laughs> um, and chess. Yeah, those are my things. Um, so that was really great. And then I think it must have been like September 30th. My head teacher walked into my classroom. I was teaching. He's like, Jess, uh, do, you, do you have your passport? And I was like, I'm in the middle of a lesson, Paul. Um, but for some reason I did. So I had, I gave him my passport and they, I saw him like talking to the owner of the school outside. And then he's like, we need to talk to you after your lesson. I was like, okay. So I went out and this was during the time when everyone was getting their NIA and everything and I had gone into the NIA office and things were weird so weird. They were trying to sort things out for me. Um, this, the NIA is the foreigner's card, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. foreign yeah. identity number that yeah. you, Spanish bureaucracy says you have to have. But no one really knows why you have it. <laughs> right. So I had gone in with my passport and the manager at our um, academy to get my NIA. And they kind of like looked at us and she was just kind of like, she's American and gave it back to us. And they were like, yeah, but she has this visa. And she was just kind of like, no. Um, so basically my academy was trying to sort it out. And then my head teacher called me out of my classroom that day and was like, so here's the problem. We haven't sorted things out yet, but it'll take like a week's time. Basically you can't work for that week. I was like, okay. Uh, so I was like, so I can't work at all until this is sorted. And he's like, yeah. And I had three more lessons that day. And I was like, so I'm going to teach these. He said, no. Okay. He's like, obviously you'll still get paid for this month and you'll be paid for all of October. Like, don't worry about it. I was like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, yeah, this will take a week. I was like, okay. So I didn't work for about a week and then kept kind of calling and asking what was going on. And basically I got ghosted by the green <gasps> monkey. Yeah. No one was responding to anything. And I kept calling like every day, sometimes twice a day, emailing, Finally, I went into the office and the, can I, can I name him? Can yeah, you do what you want, man. Owen, the <laughs> owner of the Green Monkey, was there. And I'd been trying to meet with him. And I met with David, who was the head of HR. And he was just kind of like brushed me off. He's like, we'll deal with this, we'll deal with this. This is two weeks into October now. And I'm really worried because I haven't worked. And they said I would get paid, but and I have that like written down. But, you know, nothing's happened yet. Um, so I go into Owen and he is just so like rude and short with me. And he was like, you weren't even supposed to be working here. And I was like, what are you talking about? I got hired. He's like, you never confirmed. It's like, I did confirm. I sent an email like the day of, and I have it still in my Gmail. Like I could, I pulled it up and showed him. And he was like, no, you never confirmed. We didn't even know you were supposed to be there. You went to the wrong day for train or like the wrong offices for training. And I'm just sitting there like, what? <laughs> Yeah, so he's like, but we're trying, we're trying to sort it. We have the lawyers working on it. Like, I doubt they even have lawyers. No, they're no, do they? Yeah, so the next day I was like, I was so upset. I remember calling my mom and being like, this is awful. I was like, I don't know what to do. 
And she was like, I was like, do I quit? And she's like, well, you never really hired because they actually never gave me a contract. I work a whole month. For, I worked a whole month with them without ever actually being hired or signing a contract, but they did pay me in cash. So that next day I went into my academy and I was trying to talk to my head teacher and the owner. And I was like, so, oh, this must have been at the end of October now. I was like, oh, am I going to get paid for October? And they were all like, what? Like, but you didn't work in October. I was like, I understand that, but that wasn't really my fault. Um, they're like, no, we can't pay you for October. You didn't work in October. I was like, but you see, I have this text saying I would get paid in October. And they're like, we can't do anything about that. Lucky that was a text and not like just in a spoken conversation. Exa- well, it, it was both. I had made sure, I remember I was talking to one of our friends and I made sure to get it. He, he was like, get it in text. Yeah. And I was like, that's yeah. smart. So yeah, I texted my head teacher. I was like, Jeff, and he was so reassuring. He was like, no worries. You're totally going to get paid in October. This will be sorted so quickly. You have nothing to worry about. So... I did have something to worry about. And yeah, then I just kind of stopped showing up and realized that nothing was going to happen of it. So I started applying for more jobs and they never really got, they said they would get me a visa. I never got a visa. And then I was an illegal for quite some time. So they just never, ever, ever got, once you stopped handling them, they just never communicated with you. Yeah. But what was really cool is two people were very disgruntled with what had happened to me. So my head teacher just walked out one day. Really? And he was like, this is ridiculous. I quit. I can't believe this is happening. Like, and yeah, he just walked oh, out wow. and quit. And yeah. yeah, he was like, he like called me. He's like, let's go apply for jobs together. I was oh. like, what? But that was actually really cool. It was like, yeah. people are upset. Yeah. And then the woman that hired me. What's your name? Carolina? Carolina. Carolina also quit. And so she's, she's the one that hired me. She was because absolutely lovely. And yeah. Yeah. She was absolutely lovely. And she was always on the teacher's side. Definitely. She was the one that did all the trainings. Trainings were terrible once she left, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, she was really lovely and she was so helpful. She, I had like a two hour phone conversation with her one time where she was just, you know, trying to help me through all of this. I was really upset and she was like, if there's anything I can do. And she like sent me a bunch of numbers for different academies. And yeah, she was so great. And she ended up quitting because of it. And that was really nice. Do you know where she works now? I don't. I don't. No, I don't. I never kept. We never kept in touch with her really mm-hmm. afterwards. But she was so disgruntled with the way that the the company was run. Yeah. Because I, because it is a franchise company. You know, a lot of these the ones that we worked at, all the offices were franchises. Yeah. Of this main, this main. Uh, I don't know, like the the, the mother company. Mother yeah. company. And it was just it was just so badly done. There was no organization between everything. No, like there, yeah. there, there was there was no general guideline, and so everyone yeah. did it their own way. And I think the place that me and Chris used to work at is now called the Purple Rhinoceros <laughs> or something like that. So they've just it's the name of my memoir. <laughs> <laughs> the complete. She's changed the name. The franchise. The franchisee has just like disassociated. Yeah. Really? With, with Three that's, Monkey, I think. That's just, good. Yeah, but I mean, she's. Has no idea what she's doing either, so mm. <laughs> I don't. It doesn't seem that hard. <laughs> so, Jess, w- would you have any advice for anyone who's found themselves in like a similar situation or how to avoid a similar situation? Um, yeah, just get everything in writing. Keep bothering people. I, I hate bothering people, so it was really hard for me to call every day and like email every day. But eventually, you know, I got an answer. Well, kind of, but. That was advice Carolina gave me as well. She's like, just keep calling, calling every day, every day, every day. And eventually they're going to be so sick of you, they'll just give you money. And I I just couldn't do that. I don't know. The owner was a really nice guy. And I, I don't know. I, Obviously, you know, an injustice was done to me. But I felt like he 
he wasn't responsible for what happened to me. It's kind of like the central office exactly. argument, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's the central office, they're Everything doing this goes to, back yeah. to that. Yeah. And, and it's, it's kind of scapegoating, but at the same time, it might be yeah. a very, yeah, very real yeah. point. And I had some savings. They are gone now. But I had some <laughs> savings, so I was like, you know, I can, <laughs> I can live a little longer without a job. And everything eventually worked out for the better. I got paid a lot more. So, so what did you end up doing? Um, so I ended up doing a lot of private lessons, which, you know, something I was kind of used to in Prague, where I was, like, going around the city, and I really enjoy that. And even just getting, you know, you teach for an hour and a half, you get, like, a 30-minute break where you're traveling, get to read on the metro or something, and then you teach again. And I kind of got to pick who I wanted to teach, which was cool, and I really loved all my students. And then I also ended up teaching online for a company called VIP Kid, which was a whole... Uh, another thing um, that is a Chinese company so you're basically teaching Chinese kids in Beijing um, for 25 minute lessons which does not sound like a long time but oh boy do they last forever <laughs> so I did that at home which was which was great I, I don't like working from home you know I like to get out and go do something with my day but you know I got to roll out of bed and teach so that was cool so I just worked out of the apartment in the mornings and then around 12 or 1, I would leave and go do my private lessons and end up getting paid a lot more. Obviously, you don't have the security, so if someone canceled, I just didn't get paid. Mm. But I had more security with VIP kids, so if a kid canceled within 24 hours, I got paid for that lesson, which is cool. So you've done everything. You've done <laughs> oh, working yeah. in a school, you've done working in an academy, you've done mm -hmm. private lessons and online teaching. Yeah. Which <laughs> is your favorite way of doing it? I really loved my job in Prague. That was fun. I really like working with adults because they're they're learning English for a reason. Whereas kids don't know why they're learning another language. Sometimes they really love it and you know you can cater it to their interests, which is really fun, but adults just really want to be there and usually it's coming from their wallet, so they're way more motivated. Yeah, my favorite class was actually it was these 19-year-olds who were I think it was the pet test. So they were passing a test so they could study at an English-speaking university and they were very motivated and it was a 3-hour class on a Friday morning. But they, they were just really fun. We had a really fun time. And one of them asked me out on a date. <laughs> he was like, a uh, weird story. But he was um, in this skateboarding competition. And he invited me and asked me to get dinner with him after. Aww. And I was like, nope. That's so it was really It was so inappropriate. I would have. I would have. Snap that guy up. It was our last day of class too. Sk a skateboarder. Yeah, it was. He was a nice kid, but you know he would stay after and help me wipe down the whiteboard. And oh, was like, no. I don't even remember his name. So if you're listening, oh, sorry. No. Okay. <laughs> he was a nice kid, but I was like, oh, I'm so busy, <laughs> so busy. I can't do that. Um, he was like 22, so it was inappropriate, but it wasn't like obscenely it, inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I always told them I was older. So I started teaching when I was 22, and so some of these kids were my age, if not older. Obviously, I was teaching adults, so older. But I always told everyone I was like 25 or 26. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm an adult. <laughs> now, being 25 or 26, I'm like, maybe I should I, be 22 again. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm still definitely not an adult. Yeah, no. Uh, right, so have you got any other stories you want to tell us about teaching? Yeah, so probably my favorite story. So there's this kid at the Prague preschool called Wujin. And... Wujin was a really sweet kid, and I remember the first day he wanted to sit in my lap, and he was really nice and just cute, but also cried incessantly, and like halfway through class he would just start crying, and I never knew why, and I would ask him, and other kids would ask him, and he couldn't, you know, put it into words, which I totally get, <laughs> but 
Yeah, so we've Ujin, all been there. We've all been there this morning. No, I'm kidding. Um, I was like, I have to run a marathon tomorrow. Because <laughs> um, there was some reason behind that. But yeah, he was he was tough, but he was really a sweet kid. And turns out he, so it was preschool, so they were four or five. He was, I think he was six or seven. He was definitely, I think he was seven. So he was seven years old, obviously just had some behavioral issues. So they had kept him in the preschool. Yeah, so one day I... I always had to take the kids to the bathroom before class started, obviously, because they're kids and they never know when they have to pee, which, again, I can also relate to. <laughs> so part of me is just a four-year-old. So I would take the kids to the toilet, make sure they wash their hands, and then, you know, line them up outside and take them into class. So I was ta- and my classroom was a bit down the hall from the preschool, so we had to walk through, like, four other doors. Oh, no. Um, sometimes I would lose kids along the way. It was a, it was a good... 50 feet of walking where I'd lose at least half of them. So brought them from the toilet to the classroom and I'm counting them as they're walking in and I'm like, oh, where's Woojin? Because I'm looking down the hall for Woojin and I'm like, has anyone seen Woojin? All the kids are like, we don't know. Like, okay. So I'm looking, I'm looking, looking, waiting. Like, okay. And then I close the door and I was like, maybe he's, you know, with the head teacher or something. Close the door and then about a minute later I hear a little knocking on the door. And I open the door and it's Woojin and he is covered in water. Oh, and I was like, Woojin, what happened? And he's just standing there shrugging, shaking his head, like mouth agape, like has no idea. I'm like, Woojin, did you, did you wet yourself? Mouth agape, shaking his head, has no idea. I'm like, Woojin, did you, did you fall in a pool? Like what's going on, Woojin? <laughs> he has no idea. I was like, okay. And I'm thinking like, what do I do? I was like, I can't leave my class, but I also can't like leave Woojin. I don't know. You know, I have to take him to go change because all the kids always had to change of clothes which I can also relate to. Um, this all sounds like like something you need to learn for your marathon tomorrow. Yeah, honestly, like Don't I should... yourself, bring a change of clothes. You have no Don't idea. Yeah. For no reason. Those things are all going to happen. It's like a checklist. Like, did she pee her pants during the marathon? Yes. Did she cry? Yes. So I'm like, what do I do right now? I'm freaking out a little bit. So I like look down the hall. The teacher's, like the head teacher's office is, again, 50 feet away. And I was like, Woojin. Do you know where the head teacher's office is? He nods. He's like, can you get there on your own, sir? He's like, yes. So he's like, okay, Woojin, go to the head teacher's office and tell them what happened. I don't know. So he runs away before I can even like get all the words out. And so I'm like looking at my class and I'm like, okay, let's learn about igloos or something. How do you guys know about the color red? It's great. So two minutes later, another little knock, or like maybe closer to 10. 10 minutes later, another little knock on the door. Woojin, he's in dry clothes. He looks great. Kids ready to go. Kids ready to learn. I'm like, all right, get in there, Woojin. So I'm teaching, Woojin starts crying maybe 10 minutes later, it's fine. So I'm taking the kids to lunch after, which like for a preschool, they had some really good lunches. <laughs> That's probably why I stayed there for a whole five days, because they'd have these like rosemary potatoes and tomato oh, wow. soup. Yeah, they, so they, you know, they'd have like fish sticks, but they were good. All right, fish sticks. That's the best. I mean, yeah, fish fingers, I fish finger sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> Can't get oh man, better. the food at this place was stellar and the kids never wanted to eat it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I got to eat too. It was wonderful. So, you know, we're at lunch. I'm enjoying my tomato soup and rosemary potatoes potatoes because I am classy and Sarah who's another teacher comes up to me or kind of sees Woojin and is like Woojin's in different clothes and like is talking to another teacher and they're like Woojin's in different clothes and I'm standing there like uh oh <laughs> what have I done so they go up to Woojin they're like Woojin did you change and he just kind of shakes his head again and then points at me <sighs> And I'm like, oh, you snitch. <laughs> like, snitches get stitches. No one taught you that, Woojin? So he points at me, and I'm like, you know, mouthful of tomato soup. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> What's going to happen? So they both, like, the two other teachers come over to me. They're like, did Woojin change? I'm like, 
uh, yeah? Well, what happened? And I tried to explain that he was covered in water and no one knew why. And so I told him to go to the head teacher and they were just like, well, maybe next time just go with him. And I'm like, but I couldn't get in my class. So I, you know, all this internal, like, but I couldn't do that. And they're like, because we don't know where he got those clothes. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? They're like, he didn't bring a change of clothes today. <laughs> so in my head, Woojin like ran off, mugged a kid for his clothes because he's the biggest preschooler in all the land. Mugged a kid and came back and there's some other little four-year-old running around naked. Yeah, yeah, because they all had cubbies. So I'm like, who's locked in Woojin's cubby? And they're like, so we don't know where he got those clothes. I was like, what? <laughs> so... Yeah, that's probably my favorite time teaching. And you, and you, <laughs> and you never found out. No, I what quit happened? the next day. So. <laughs> he's such an, an enigma, that weird. Yeah. yeah. He's a, I wonder what he's doing now. Um, I think he's like at Logging. MIT or something. He's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> brilliant. <laughs> Understated Woojin. I love it. Yeah. All right, and finally, what's your favorite day in Madrid? Oh, we ask my all our guests this. God, well, I think you both know the answer. Is it something to do with eating out? Nope. Um, well, this is probably... Okay, so favorite day, like a specific day, or if I could do anything waking up, what would I do? Th- that one, but also I want to hear what you're going to say about the specific day Okay, now. so the best day of my whole life. Oh! oh of course! Yeah. Of course, of course. Um, so, uh, I moved away from Madrid in August uh, last year, and it's been my goal to visit at least once a month. And so my first visit... After I moved away in October, our good friends Josh and Maria told me that they had a surprise for me. I was like, oh boy, there's going to be dogs. (laughs) So, but I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure what was happening. So the day of the surprise, I wake up and Josh just has like, he, I was staying with Josh and he just like opens my door and puts coffee next to me. He goes, coffee, let's go. (laughs) Okay. So I was like, what do I wear? And they're like, I don't know. And I was like, okay. So I wore something comfortable because that's what they said. Anyway, um, so we left. And we're on bring the metro. Of yeah, bring <laughs> Honestly, I should have. Um, so I got so excited. So I had no idea what was happening. Josh is not giving anything away. I'm like, we're on the metro. We're going farther out than I've ever been. We get off the metro and I see someone with a dog. And I realized that this weekend was the Perothon, which was the dog marathon. Basically, just a giant puppy parade of people running like a 10K with their dogs. So I meet our good friends who I'm sitting next to. Luke and Rose and our other friend Sally and Josh and Maria and we called ourselves the pet stop because as the dogs ran by we just pet them and pet them and just so many floofers and it was just the best day and I hadn't eaten anything and when I have coffee without eating things I get really emotional (laughs) and very stressed out so at one point point, I almost started hyperventilating and I had to sit down um yeah, it was just really great. And then, so my favorite dogs are Bernie's Mountain Dogs because they're just giant, giant floofers. And I remember saying, oh man, if a Bernie's Mountain Dog walks by, I'm just going to start crying. And everyone was like, ha ha ha, right, right, right. No one really believed that I would. So then, within five minutes of my saying this, three or four, four a yeah, family four, yeah. of four Bernie's Mountain Dogs walked by and I lost it. Tears a streaming. I ran up to them, kept petting this one tiny little floofer. 
And I remember walking away a few times and realizing, why am I leaving? And running back to the dog to pet said puppy and just crying. And Rose has a really good video of me crying um, from this dog. Beautiful. Yeah, what a great yeah. day that was. It was that an was, amazing day. Yeah, it was you the best day of my whole life. You a fountain with them as well. Yeah, yeah, Luke got in a fountain with some dogs. <laughs> yeah, because they ran away, didn't they? They, they ran, ran into the fountain. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't get his lead. Yeah. And Luke has a go in after him for yeah. the stranger. Yeah. That was so good. Okay, so that was one day of the year, though. Yeah, so that was the best day of my whole life. <laughs> yeah. What are your... <laughs> okay, so you have no other favourite things to do in Madrid. A general, um, a general day, <laughs> I guess, would involve walking around the city petting dogs. Well, every day that is not a puppy parade, I'm disappointed. <laughs> so I'm going to be disappointed for the rest of my life, I think, until there's until next October. Uh, or I guess this October. Oh my God, it's already April. But I guess just a day out in Madrid. I, I love Retiro. Going to Retiro, putting up a hammock, getting yelled at to take down our hammock. Um, I love Spanish food, like getting to go to Pez Tortilla and getting a tortilla plug going to Baobab and suffering the next day. Um, <laughs> just eating. The food here is so good. Yeah. Just, the city is so beautiful. And I'm always shocked. And it, I feel like Madrid is so understated. People, even before moving here, I had no expectations for Madrid. I'd not really heard anything about it. Everyone knows Paris is gorgeous and, you know, Prague is cheap. And <laughs> But I knew nothing about Madrid. And then coming here, I remember the first day, I was just so taken aback at how beautiful it is in these small little streets and... You know, people hanging their clothes just to dry outside is just so pretty and the, it's so colorful. Every building's a different color and yeah, it's just walking around and looking up. It's really Aww, nice. That's so beautiful. Walking around, <laughs> looking up. Yeah. Aww. Or yeah. down at dogs. Yeah, also, there's both. a lot of dog poop in Madrid, so there's that's true. Yeah. Lots of dog poop yeah. Don't look up for too long. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta keep an eye out. Yeah. And eating in the park and yeah. Also, the Soraya Museum's really nice. I like going there a lot. Okay. It's free too. Plug. Which one? The Soraya Museum? Ah, yeah. yeah. We have, I haven't been there. I haven't been there. Uh, I haven't been there. What? You must go. You must. <laughs> you must. You must, you must go. go. You simply must. What's in the Soraya? So Soraya is a painter, and it's his old home that's been converted into a museum. Um, and I think they're having a special exhibit that started, like, April 4th that's going to June or July. Um, but yeah, it's just all of his paintings, and I really like Monet, and he was very much inspired by Monet, and it's... He paints the sea a lot because his family lived by the sea, so he just paints his family in the ocean, and it's gorgeous. He's, oh. he's incredible. Right, well, I think we're going to have to end there. We are definitely going to have to end there. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jess, you have been a wonderful guest. Oh, thanks you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. You make me feel so comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I was so nervous. <laughs> no, there was no need no to need be nervous. No you are fluent on the mic. Oh. <laughs> you guys are great hosts. Keep thanks. it up. Thanks a lot. Bye. 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 That was Jess Murphy in episode 9 of Pain in the Class. We hope you enjoyed it. And as always, we always say this at the end of our episode, you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Pain in the Class, capital P, capital C, and find us on Facebook. Yeah, uh, let us know what you think of the podcast and we'll keep in touch. Right, but until next week, goodbye. Bye.